Hello, everybody, and welcome to Confessions of a Market Maker, Market Recap Edition. I'm your co-host, Ray, a.k.a. Snoop, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Jim Dalton's number one fan, JJ. And we're here to recap the... (laughs) And we're here to recap the market in the news surrounding the week of November 18th through the 22nd. How'd your trading week go? It was good. It's slow today. The price action actually put me to sleep in the afternoon almost. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fell asleep at the desk, but uh, not a bad week. Just had to be a little bit picky on uh, trade location. But so far, so good. Yeah. You know, trudging along, learning every day as I go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It looks like we're, uh, we're building value up here at these levels this week. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we gapped up, we filled the gap and so far values, you know, it's hanging in there. You know, people are paying these prices. So for the time being, you know, as bad as the structure is underneath us and, you know, as many VPOX and gaps that we have underneath us, you know, there's still, they're still buying it. So until they start selling it, you know, we have to uh, tr- cautiously, cautiously go with the trend because uh, I don't know. I think, you know, I saw, you know, a couple of people, uh, especially Peter Resnicek just put out that, you know, he's saying uh, 200 points to the downside on the S and P. So, mm. and you know, we'd still, we'd still have a pretty good valuation if we dropped 200 points. So, you know, <laughs> it's still, it wouldn't be that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, bad for the people who are trapped at uh, 3,100, but, um, you know, and then sometimes, you know, a market needs to uh, liquidate and break and clean itself out before it can go higher, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, like uh, one of my old bosses used to say in plumbing and the market, a flush is better than a full house. <laughs> so, you know, it's always yeah. good to clean out the pipes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So jumping into the news BNP Paribas uh, was fined $11 million for weaknesses, 15. huh? 15, sorry. Oh, 15? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So $15 million, uh, for weaknesses in their anti-money money laundering controls. Uh, an inspection of the bank revealed a number of shortcomings in its provisions for preventing money laundering and financing of terrorism. Well, the funny thing is, too, it involves penny stocks, and it's a bit of an old news release. It's about three three weeks old, but I, I mm-hmm. find that nobody's nobody's talked about this. And um, you know, the fine is fifteen million dollars, and then you look at that they you know ran uh, two hundred and thirty billion dollars through it and processed seventy thousand wire transfers. Um, and cleared a whole bunch of penny stock certificates for toxic debt financiers and wow. removed restrictive legends, didn't do any sort of due diligence. Um, so, you know, for all my, my old clients and buddies who are trying to, you know, trying to clear stock at those levels, uh, and you wonder why you're having trouble, it's because of stuff like this. Um, I guess there was just no enforcement and they really couldn't have been bothered. And the fine is basically, I mean, if you think of the fees and the money that they made on, you know, a couple mm-hmm. hundred billion dollars worth of transactions, right. you know, $15 million is a tip. So, you know, they gave FINRA a tip and said, thank you very much. And, you know, we'll have a cappuccino and bring us, the, you know, have a nice day, yeah. you know. So, you know, you really wonder, and, and, and it wasn't discussed. 
You don't hear about it on CNBC. Right. You have people out there who are buying, you know, they're buying unregistered stock in the U.S. stock market and it's being cleared by these big banks uh, without any sort of due diligence or registration or anything. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, I, I think it's comical. Um, you know, and it's no small sum of money if you read the complaint. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, the things that make the news these days and this is not, this was like brushed under the rug. And I, and oh, yeah. I assume this is, you're not even really surprised by this, are you? No, no. I always knew that prime, you know, I, people would always ask me, where are these guys clearing stock to get it into the system? And I'd say probably prime brokers. And I've been saying that for about 10 years, ever since the rules got very tight in uh, the United States. And, you know, guess what? I was right. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so anyway, uh, I, I guess they'll close that door and these guys will have to find another bank that's uh, asleep at the switch compliance wise. And it always happens though. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, it's hard to, it's hard to understand how that much suspicious activity uh, went outside of the eye of compliance, you know, considering that these banks have, you know, staffs and teams of lawyers. I mean, this is not no small bank we're talking about. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. And, and people wonder why, you know, these low float stocks all of a sudden trade 30 million, 40 million, hundred million dollars worth of stock out of nowhere mm -hmm. and then uh, stop. So, <laughs> gee, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes you think. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Tesla was down over five and a half percent Friday. Elon Musk unveiled there was uh, or unveiled their first pickup truck, Cybertruck. The on-stage demonstration uh, of the break-proof glass, well, the glass shattered when a steel ball was thrown at it. Jay? Yeah, that didn't quite work out. Um, you know, and a lot, of the, a lot of people who don't like the guy, you know, his mother's from Saskatchewan, so I have to be, I have to be kind. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. it wasn't his finest moment. Smart guy. I don't think they were quite prepared. I don't know about the design of that. I mean, I live in truck country. Um, we have a dealership up here that has so many trucks on the lot. You would think it's a factory. Uh, you know, this is Saskatchewan and everyone drives a pickup truck and I don't see if my, any of my redneck buddies driving that thing around. Um, you know, it looks like something out of Mad Max. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, good, uh, good comparison. Yeah, interesting design. Uh, I don't know. You, you couldn't see yourself driving that? Well, and the other thing, too, and it's minus 40 up here. I don't know how long those batteries would last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Charles Schwab is in talks to buy TD Ameritrade uh, in a deal that would reshape the discount brokerage market. Obviously, this is where uh, millions of individual investors go to. How could this affect things, Jay? Well, you know, these brokerage firms, they're just sort of feeding off each other and, and uh, gathering assets. You know, it's, uh, what is it, a $26 billion deal? Mm -hmm. um, I guess that's subject to regulatory approval, you know, and... Uh, We'll see what happens now. They're all going to commission-free and fractional buying of shares. And, you know, we have micro futures. And, you know, they've got to get the retail back into this market. You know, mm -hmm. they, they're these, you know, 
the, the big boys are loaded with paper and they need to unload that paper to somebody. So that's going to take a while to create a market to sell it into. So they might as well start now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like a lot of the things that are going on right now are catering to getting more retail money back in the fold. Is, is that correct? I, I think so. You know, the, you could tell, um, you can tell that there is a lack of retail in, in these markets by how they trade, you know, to, to the tick sometimes mm -hmm. it's just, uh, you know, it's so machine, uh, it's social machine based, but, uh, yeah, they you know, they need liquidity. And, uh, you know, when you have 10, 10 money managers buying all the stock, they realize that they're the only buyer. So of size anyway. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's time for them to start developing a, a nice retail market. Right. For sure. For sure. And then with that, it's going to conclude this episode of Confessions of a Market Maker. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review it. If you're interested in learning market profile, if you're keen on trading a liquid market, if you got a small account, come join JJ and I at microefutures.com. JJ, what do we got look, looking forward to next week? Well, we have the holidays and, uh, you know, we'll see. I, it, I think it, it felt like holiday trading today. <laughs> it was it so sure slow. Did. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, uh, of course, you know, we're looking for that typical month end markup, uh, next week. And, you know, I don't think they're going to drive the market down pre Turkey, your favorite. Uh, so I don't think, uh, yeah, I, I might be a little blissfully ignorant, but I don't think we'll see that much drama next week. Let's hope not. And um, maybe we'll get some decent trading, you know, in the first couple of days anyway. But I imagine volume will slow down to a crawl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we can be wishful. We can hope. <laughs> Definitely. For the proper villain, um, Frau Farbisna. <laughs> you guys use stops, though. Bring in the stops. Definitely. <laughs>